Hi everyone, I'm Vani Murthy. I live in Bangalore and I'm recording this for the Jugaad community. You're listening to the Jugaad Community Podcast. I'm your host, Trishala, part of the Jugaad Community team. Jagad Community is the world's first Jagad learning community of over 4,000 people coming together from over 10 countries to celebrate doing more with less and doing less altogether. For those who aren't familiar with the term, Jagad loosely translates to frugal innovation or a flexible approach to problem solving that uses limited resources in an innovative way. If you're South Asian, you'll be familiar with the concept of Jagad. You've probably seen many examples of it in your life. In this pandemic alone, we've seen so many examples of Jagad. The homemade DIY face mask, the Panipuri Wala who created his own contraption to serve Paniburis to his customers without any human intervention, the influencer and celebrity who created a homemade tripod made out of books and household items in order to create content, and the teacher who used a phone camera and a fridge tray held up by two cartons to teach online. And Jagad didn't just happen in South Asia, it happened everywhere. Over the past few months, we've seen everyone lean into Jagad, perhaps without even knowing the term, and they needed it. The world needs Jagad to thrive in the face of the greatest challenges of our lifetime. Climate change, recessions, waste management, among a few. Jagad thinking is a critical life skill. As an Indian born and raised outside of India, now living in North America, I'm on a quest to better understand this Indian approach to life and share it with the world and the various ways it manifests itself. To join me in this five episode series as we explore it further. So in this episode today, we're heading to Bangalore, India to chat with Vani Murthy, famously known as Worm Rani on Instagram and India's composting queen. starting point on this journey was my Instagram explore tab, not my finest millennial moment, but I have no regrets because I immediately stumbled upon Bonnie's profile. If you're on Instagram, you cannot miss her. She's the kind of influencer we need that is actually influencing change. A new kind of icon who found her passion, I wouldn't say later on in life, but when she felt ready and it is so refreshing. After years of being a dedicated homemaker and caregiver, she started actively exploring things outside of her home with hopes of regaining her confidence and developing a new interest, but she came back with so much more. Vani is a renowned urban farmer, passionate citizen leader, and one of the most active campaigners in the city of Bangalore. Having launched and contributed to so many campaigns like Swachakraha, a campaign to make it easier for the people of Bangalore to understand and do composting. She has passionately tested every home composting method available, and she was part of the group that went to court to mandate waste segregation in the city of Bangalore. The pandemic has not slowed her down, with more of us at home and home waste increasing dramatically. She has done 50 to 60 webinars and grown her community from 5,000 individuals to almost 70,000 of us in a few short months. I'll confess, I don't know anything about waste management. But if Jagad is about doing more with less, surely there is something we all need to understand about our waste crisis and how we can recycle, reuse, and compost to do more for ourselves and our planet. So let's get started. 
Sivani, in a post on humans who grow food, you talk about a visit to a landfill in Bangalore and how upon visiting it, you became determined to ensure that your home did not contribute to the landfill in any way. What is the problem that we're all knowingly, unknowingly contributing to? You know, many of us don't really understand the seriousness of the situation. So can you tell us a bit about why we must take waste management seriously? Yeah, yeah. Uh, waste is a huge issue. And uh, most of us think once we, uh, you know, get it off out of our homes, uh, it, the, you know, the government has to deal with it. The municipality has to deal with it. And uh, no municipality can take care of the humongous quantities of waste that they, they need to pick up. Uh, we don't have facilities where uh, they can process it because of the nature of the discharge. Mm -hmm. Most of the waste is mixed form. Uh, nothing is segregated and, uh, and, and a mixed waste, you cannot really retrieve anything out of it. Very little can be retrieved out of a mixed waste because there will be some of your food waste in it. There would be a good paper which would have got lost because there is food waste on it. You can't really take it out, clean it and then send it for recycling. So basically when you mix waste, you lose out resource. And secondly, this mixed waste, since you can't do anything with it, it goes to a dumping yard. Landfill is supposed to be scientific, but most of the landfills, at least what we have known uh, in India and many other countries, is a dumping yard. It's just a place where it's just gone and they dump the whole thing. So it's basically outside the city limits. It's mountains of garbage. And uh, uh, when in 2009, a few of us went and visited the landfill mm -hmm. and just to see the impact of our habits, you know, the way we uh, we treat waste or look at waste, uh, what is the direct impact is what we needed to look at. We are not scientists. We are, you know, ordinary citizens who really wanted to do something around waste. And uh, we, it was not like a study we wanted to, but we wanted to yeah. see the reality. Of it. So when we went there, even before we reached, we first saw there were a lot of villages around. They mm -hmm. were actually growing the vegetables that they send it to the city in and around these landfills. And also, uh, we could smell that horrible smell that came even before we actually went to the landfill. We could see them in, 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 in front of us, huge mountains of them. And uh, what we realized is all the waste that goes there uh, gets dumped, they mm -hmm. compact it, and then make space for the next day. So uh, the, land, the uh, lorries and lorry loads come and they compact, compact, compact. So when they compact, the problem is here. When all your waste gets compacted, uh, most of the waste, like 60%, especially in an Indian, Indian context, 60% right. of the waste we generate is from the kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. it, it is the organic waste that we send. It is biodegradable organic waste. Mm -hmm. And when, when that is compacted and there is no air, uh, mm -hmm. it becomes an anaerobic digestion. That means it starts to break down without the help of air. So it becomes anaerobic. And right. this anaerobic digestion actually releases methane which mm -hmm. is the greenhouse gases yep. and these actually contribute to the climate change. So we can see if 60% of our waste leaves our home, so it's well it with control. It's directly contributing to the climate change, which we're yeah. all talking about climate change. What can we do just by holding on to that 60% at our homes? We yeah. could actually have a positive effect. So mm -hmm. one thing is it releases methane yeah. and then second, Thing is it releases a dark fluid called the leachate which is highly toxic and mm -hmm. that runs off these landfills they are not contained so they enter the ground the around and also they enter the ground water 
you know, mm-hmm. the soil there gets contaminated and the ground, the water in the ground also get contaminated. So most of the villages there are drinking water or getting water, which is highly toxic mm-hmm. and they're growing food on the soil, which is again toxic. So probably what we are sending out is coming back to us in some form or the other, either through the vegetables or through the water or through the air. So you can see the three things that's the most important for us to live on this planet, the air, the oxygen that we need, the water and the soil to grow our food. Yeah. The three things that sustain us on this planet are getting contaminated at these landfills. So waste is everywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it is found in the oceans. It's found in the rivers. It's found in the lakes. It's found in the drains. It's burnt. Most of the waste, they want to disappear it or reduce it. They burn it. So again, so many dioxins get into the air. Mm-hmm. So it blocks your drainage. A lot of flooding happens in, in cities nowadays. Why? Because the, the roads are all flooded because the drains are blocked with garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much garbage in the drains. So, so there are, waste is, is something, we are the generators. We are the, we are the consumers. We are the generators. And we are creating these problems. So solutions have to be with us. You yeah. cannot expect. A garment to take care of it or somebody to handle what you're doing super insightful so so tell me like what happened after the landfill what happened when you came home and what did you decide to do as a group or as individuals so uh, we came back and uh, we 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 wanted to start off each of us wanted to practice how can we say no to a landfill so mm-hmm. nothing from my house should go there because it's already a mess and how, how do I divert it away from landfill? First, I reduce the waste that I generate by saying no to anything that is single use. Then I look at my waste, put it into different uh, you know uh, bins so that they, they get value and they yep. can be recycled and then start composting my kitchen waste. So right. I thought that was the solution because my waste is my responsibility. I'm the yeah. generator. So finally, that, that became our hashtag. My waste is my responsibility. That's and uh, uh, we, we started a campaign. We became a team called SWMRT. That is a solid waste management roundtable. Mm-hmm. So you can see that, you know, even a small group of people, when, when they are very clear about uh, the problem, everybody sees the problem, but they are very clear about the solution. Yeah. The solution lies with every citizen. So along the citizens, along with the government, have to resolve this. It's not just the government's uh, you know, duty. Because what are we leaving behind? You yeah. know, it'll be, uh, it, it is just the things that the earth can't digest, right? We are the only species that generate things that the earth can't digest. Every other species live with a great balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a part of the nature, the environment, but I think we are the ones who are destroying things. Uh, we, may go, we may go through this, but I think there are generations that are going to uh, have the uh, impact. So you've been interested in waste management and working in this space for more than you know a decade, if not longer. I think it's, it's safe to assume that it was a far smaller community of people back then alongside yourself. Um, now there's so much interest from so many different types of people all over the world. Why are we more interested in waste now and, and taking action around it? You know, culturally, we've always wanted to distance ourselves from garbage. So I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on, on what's changed. Uh, well, I, I think uh, there is more uh, with social media and uh, I, I think there is uh, that's giving access for people to understand things better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the campaigns can be spread well, uh, you know, through social media. So people talk, there are champions, there are influencers that have come on who on board, you know, or, or, and they talk about it. I have talked yeah. nonstop about trash 
and the you know effects of trash and all the solutions that we can do and i talk with a lot of excitement about but it but do you find that you know these social media campaigns or days where we celebrate environmentalism that leads to kind of short-lived um moments of inspiration and not you know doesn't really turn it into a daily habit um, see the thing is you need to imbibe it within you uh, to make it a daily practice yeah that time i think over a period of time you know even within suppose there are, i call these champions like my team we yeah. many of us will find it very difficult for other people in our house to follow what we're doing mm-hmm. but ultimately it is my choice i can't force my choice on others and they have to make the choice so you let them be and over a period of time they see uh, they know the right things that you're doing and maybe this is the best and they they themselves will shift Mm-hmm. you know that's also very important i shall tell people don't try to force people to be like how you are inspire change i love that um okay so now we know about landfills and waste can you break down waste management solutions for us what sort of things can we do within our control in our homes to help ourselves those around us and our planet uh first of all uh, the way we consume uh, we should not be mindless uh, so every time uh, uh, you go uh, uh, and you know go go shopping uh, you get these carry bags you know uh, plastic carry bags so you have to be mindful of what you're accepting so refusing becomes the first uh, you know right up there you have to refuse things that are single use anything that's used once not just plastic anything even a paper cup is single use so anything that is used once because see the thing is uh, we have to get to understand one thing that resources are uh you know limited mm-hmm. and when when we put so much stress on resources you pump out oil you know petroleum you make products and use once and throw it really doesn't make any so we we need to make that conscious shift over a period of time uh you know when i go out mm-hmm. what are the different activities i am going to do am i shopping am i going uh, to a restaurant or a bar or a club will there be a you know a, a, a plastic straw that i'll be offered so when i order my drink can i just tell him before itself please don't put a plastic straw so things like that yeah. uh, you know get them get, get get yourself into a zone where you're very conscious of what you're going to use because right. once you use it after that it, it it is a waste it is it becomes a part of the trash it has nowhere to go other than polluting the environment like right. anything that is used again and again and again is a sustainable way to be right secondly recognize what you're generating at home in spite of what you've cut down still there is packaging be careful on can i look at where there is packaging stores can i take my own bags to bring my you know things is there any store that you know gives you uh, things unpackaged right. so you start looking like that and you know cut down on packaging so instead of buying a biscuit or a bread you know go to a bakery take your box go to a bakery there bakeries everywhere so mm-hmm. buy biscuits from the bakery and they put without packaging into your own box take right. your box things like that you know you we can more practice over a period of time uh, so i think that's one thing the second thing is to recognize that uh, after i generate i don't mix them but mm-hmm. i put them separately so then once you uh, you know segregate them uh, you find that 60% of what you generate is kitchen waste right. and composting should be 
everybody should give it give it a try so that that's how it is that you recognize ways and divert it away so reusing should be the main aim and focus which is um which is helpful to know over recycling where possible um you spoke a bit about your son's wedding and how you completely redefined the great big fat indian wedding i'd love if you can share more about that as well as the other unique things you do in your life like in our wedding we had everything that we could reuse and whatever is left over went for recycling that's like awesome. all the kitchen whatever came out of the kitchen the food waste went for recycling uh, so otherwise we had cloth napkins which we washed and we I'm, i'm going to reuse to every occasion that we have at home when people come to my house i give them only cloth napkins you know cocktail napkins no no uh, tissues mm-hmm. we we had a uh, there is a, a outfit called robin hood army uh, yeah. if you connect with them earlier uh, they will actually be on a standby if there is any good food left over Uh, they come and pick it up and go and distribute and i have a plate bank uh, you know a steel cutlery bank where i have plates cups uh, uh, you know katoris spoons mm-hmm. uh, tumblers uh, 100 of them so if my friends and my relatives need uh, have a small function at home i just say come and pick it up so that you right. know you don't have to use so in bangalore we have this buzz that we have this uh, cutlery bank where mm-hmm. people have these you know small uh, at home uh, right. where they lend it to friends Uh, so that they can use only the reusable they get washed and then reuse again so composting you spoke a bit about it a few minutes ago um and it would be a dishonor not to sit here and talk about composting with you because you're known as india's composting queen um akansha from jagat community uh, along with many others actually sent us this question assume we know nothing about composting tell us about it what's the easiest entry point to doing it in our homes the basic things we need to know about composting right so uh, composting happens all the time in nature right you go to a forest or a wooded place uh, nobody maintains it you know there is a natural recycling happening there so mm-hmm. the trees shed uh, dry leaves rotten fruits fall on the floor there are animals that eat fruits and you know they their discard is there uh, they they move around they they also excrete so you see that uh, uh, on the forest floor there is this amazing uh, uh, magic happening mm-hmm. the whole uh, all the organic matter that falls on the forest floor uh, including the dry leaves are converted and you know sent back as nutrients back to the same tree or trees around so mm-hmm. you can see you don't have to maintain anything there it it happens naturally so right. it, it, we need to just understand that uh, uh, what what is how important is this organic matter it mm-hmm. actually feeds the soil which makes the soil a living soil you move the forest floor you see uh, ants earthworms insects you know and you can't see microbes there will be so millions and millions of microorganisms you take one handful of the forest floor rich forest floor it it has more life than the number of people on this planet that is the kind of uh, you know uh, life uh, of the organic matter gives mm-hmm. to the soil and uh, this is completely forgotten today we want manicured uh, lawns we don't want a dry leaf around you know it's sent away most of the time it gets burned mm-hmm. so and also the kitchen waste we we think it will stink right, right. Um, people have certain uh, blocks when it comes to composting mm-hmm. uh, i tried composting the first time and i failed miserably but i i i swore at the landfill that i am not sending my waste so i had no choice but to learn understand yep. and you know try again and again so to me composting is an experiential learning right you need to experiment continuously 
till you get a hang of it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like uh, the first time you do and something goes wrong and then you're giving it up. You right. need to try. Like life, it teaches you life's lessons because in life you just can't give up with the first hurdle that you get right. or the first fail you get. You need to go beyond that. Composting is exactly that. That's what it taught me. It mm-hmm. teaches you everything, right from patience to what life is all about. So this is the recycling that's happening. So it is breakdown of organic matter in a particular condition. It mm-hmm. has to be an aerobic condition. There are different kinds of composting. There is aerobic, there's anaerobic, you know, there is with earthworms. So you have different kinds. But right. I'll talk to you specifically about a simple aerobic composting. Right. So this is, you have organic matter in your kitchen. There are certain things that you don't put in a compost pile. That will be like your non-veg waste or a dairy because it attracts vermins and also uh, it starts to, uh, as it decays, it starts to smell, uh, which which not may not be pleasant. So you try to avoid meat waste and uh, you know dairy. Mm-hmm. So it's basically all your peels, vegetable peels, fruit peels. So those are called the green stuff. Mm-hmm. That is the green stuff is high in nitrogen and it is also very wet. Right. Because as it starts to break down, there's a lot of moisture in that. You just imagine fruit peels, a papaya peel or, you know, any peel that you get from your kitchen, from your fruits and vegetables have a lot of water content. So that's the thing that you have to always be uh, aware of that there will be a lot of moisture, a lot of water content. So to counter that, you need to put another material called the browns. Okay. The browns are as simple as the dry leaves that fall in season. So I just collect all the dry leaves in and around my house and, you know, we store them because I need them for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So that's a great brown. It's dry material. Plus, it is also high in carbon. So when right. you talk about a good soil, it is the CN ratio, the, the carbon and the nitrogen ratio. Mm-hmm. So we have both. The green waste is the uh, nitrogen material and the dry brown waste is the carbon material. Right. Then the third thing that you need is uh, microbes. You know, microbes are, they hazen the composting process. Uh, they accelerate it. So when you're doing it in, in, in smaller spaces, you need that to be accelerated. You can't wait forever for your compost to get ready. So mm-hmm. you add an accelerator. They are just microbes. These microbes are found in different ways. Uh, right from, I, I, I just love to source good cow dung. You know, right. they see cow, cow dung. And I, I, I use that as a, as a kick starting. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it adds culture to the compost, to the process itself. Then the uh, another simple thing will be a... Uh, uh, you know, uh, curds, that's a right. sour curd. You leave uh, curds out for a few days and then it becomes very sour. A little bit of introduction or a little bit of that into your compost process will kickstart or increase the microbial load, you know. And that's something so that we have in our, in our home anyway. So it's, it's not... Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So you can add that. So there are different cultures that is available in the market also. Uh, you, you get composting cultures that you can buy and you can add it to that. Even a good soil, a moist soil, uh, or maybe dry uh, leaves that are rotting right. uh, under a tree. You just pick up that moist, uh, you know, half uh, broken down leaves. And you can add it to your compost and it, it can start off the process. So greens, which would be your fruit peels, microbes, which would be your yogurt that's been out for a few days or sour curd. For the dry matter, if you don't have access to dry leaves, what's what's a great substitute? So if you don't have dry leaves, there are alternatives to it. Uh, another thing could be cocoa peat. Mm-hmm. People can get hang, hang of cocoa peat. They can get it. Or, uh, you know, uh, sawdust. Sawdust is another uh, great way to add uh, to add the browns. Uh, I usually will 
tell not to use newspapers because right. not only it has the lead, the ink, but also newspaper needs to go back for recycling. Yeah. Because you you're cutting down trees to make the pulp and make the newspapers. Right. It has to go back for recycling. Mm-hmm. Probably cardboard can be used. Uh, a little bit of cardboard can be used as brown material. So okay. if you go to the net. You'll see what are the browns that you can available whichever place you are. Uh, okay. You know. Dry leaves is something that everywhere it's available. Just yeah. pick them up, keep them, and keep them. That'll be great. So that's uh, the microbes are the third one. Fourth right. one is oxygen, because this is an aerobic process. You make sure that your pile gets enough breathing breather. Yeah. So if it starts to compact, exactly like how I told you, it happens in the in, in the landfill. Uh, it it starts becoming anaerobic. Mm-hmm. So to introduce air, you need to turn the pile. You you need to give it a, a turn, take a rake, and you know just give it a nice turn once in yeah. four to five days. And then the container. What kind of container you need? Uh, that's the fifth one. So these are five things that you need to remember: the greens, the browns, the microbes, then the oxygen, that is the air by turning, and the container. And is there a specific amount or ratio of of browns to greens to microbes that we need to um, to think about? Is as as I said, it's experiential. When you start, you will know that balance is very important. That is the uh, moisture balance. Because the greens are high in moisture, you should have enough browns to take care of that. So you should it should not compact. Mm-hmm. So uh, for that, you make sure that there are uh, more browns than the greens. Yeah. yeah. And when you're doing, maybe on the first week, you will see when you look at the compost, when you see the compost, you will know if it's too wet or too dry. Mm-hmm. If it's too wet, then you need more browns. So right. you have to learn how much you need to put. So our community is full of, of people who want to work smart, they want to do more with less. Um, and keeping that in mind, are there any Jagad hacks or tips and tricks that one can use to make composting a bit easier for themselves in our full lives that we live today? Not everybody would want to do the way I am doing because for me, uh, it's compost became an addiction. And it's the daily high that I get. So I try different kinds of composting, aerobic, anaerobic, warming composting, you know, different kinds of uh, material. Uh, it could be a terracotta pot, it could be plastic. So I have experimented with everything because I, I, uh, uh, I fell in love with composting. Right. But then not everybody has the time or the same inclination, but they want to do their bit or try it at least. So when we launched Swachagraha, we wanted to make it easy. So right. our thing was get one lakh uh, Bangaloreans to start composting. Mm-hmm. So we created a kit, a bucket and a brick. This brick had microbes and the browns. So you people who said, I, where do I get browns? So it was a cocoa peak brick awesome. with 10 kinds of microbes. And all you needed to is to do layering, layering. So uh, so lot of vendors in Bangalore and India right now who are, uh, you know, they've all come up so many different kinds of, uh, uh, they're introducing different kinds of systems. So it's mm-hmm. great to see uh, huge numbers composting because uh, you know it's easier for them. I always tell people that composting is less than making Maggie. It takes one minute, not two minutes. <laughs> no, one minute of your time. Just bring your kitchen waste, put some browns, you know, put some accelerator, mix it and put it in there. It takes less than that one minute. So it, it is not like it's going to take your time. But of course, you need to watch it. You need to uh, connect with it. See, the right. thing is, you need to bring passion. You need to be excited about composting. That works. When you are excited about composting and you want it to work, I think everybody get it. But right. when you're doing it sure and you know, it's like I'm not very sure. It could, you know, there could be creepy crawling, yeah. there could be flies around. You know, these are part of the ecosystem. When yeah. you don't accept that and then you think this is uh, I mean this is this is not what I want, 
and then it will not work for you. I mean, yeah. uh, so you need to connect to nature. Um, so you have so many pictures on your Instagram of your um, how you really recycled your kitchen waste and used it to grow beautiful flowers, herbs, fruits, and vegetables. How does how do we get there? Like, how does that whole process work? I always in my life, I always thought uh, there's something called the green thumb, and that I don't have one. Uh, so I have never grown a single plant in my life. So once I started composting, uh, in the beginning, I was actually gifting it away or giving it to people because I always thought I don't have a green thumb. Right. But then I met, I met a few people, uh, gardeners, uh, urban farmers in Bangalore, uh, and uh, that changed you know, uh, the way I looked at it. We had this group on Facebook called the Organic Terrace Gardeners, and uh, it was like a university by itself. Right. You know? Anything that you needed to know was in the file section. You can ask a question, you can post a picture and ask, why is my plant like this? What are these bugs? You know, what do I do with them? You, I quickly jumped into starting with few plants to a terrace full of, you know, growing food. It is an edible forest that I had. And anything that grows in the living soil is like uh, the best thing that you can put into your body. Because uh, the, the uh, organic matter is, is going back to the soil to feed the soil. The soil in, in turn is feeding the plant and the plant in turn feeds you. That's the cycle we need to maintain. But today with agriculture completely gone away uh, into chemical growing, pesticides, herbicides, there's so much of poison on our plate. So yeah. the minute I started growing my own food, I realized the value of safe food. You know, when you ask me, uh, how, how do you start growing? We don't have backyards. We all live in apartments. Yep. So we have either the terrace or the balconies. So right. it is container gardening. So choose a container, you know, uh, uh, have a couple of them, add add soil, a little bit of cocoa peat uh, and uh, uh, compost. Mm -hmm. And then uh, these are the three things that it needs. And uh, regularly, every 15 days, if you add a handful of compost, you are actually adding more nutrients uh, to the uh, soil. And uh, anything that you want to grow, you can grow. So switching gears a little bit and going back to recycling, um, is it true that there is a, a particular way to recycle if you want it to be valuable and for something to actually happen with it? Or is that just a, a myth? Um, you know, a lot of people talk about how you need to wash your recycling or give it a rinse and it needs to be in a particular condition before you send it for recycling. Is that is that true or is that Definitely. A... Uh, often on Facebook, we get uh, videos by some of these uh, waste managers from these centers. They put up videos saying, showing the kind of people just, they take away the boxes, the plastic boxes. Uh, it'll be, it'll have food in it. Yeah. And it, I don't know how many days it stinks. You know, they say, why are you doing this? Why, why can't you, you know, rinse it and right. then, you know, put your waste in a, into your dry waste. So yes, if it gets contaminated with food, it has no value and it is not giving dignity to the people who are working there. Yeah. So I think that's more important for us to give dignity by at least not messing up with what we discharge from your home. Sivani, you know, a lot of the people in our community are busy, you know, they're working one or more jobs, their lives are, are chaotic in a beautiful way, but still there's only so many hours in the day. What would you say to someone who turns to you and says, I am struggling to cook a healthy meal sometimes. I don't know if I can do composting and recycle and reuse. Um, what would your response to that be? And what's some wisdom that you can share? So I think awareness is the key. Once you're aware, uh, it becomes a part of your lifestyle. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to make an extra effort 
to look at look at living sustainable right. uh, you know you can keep all this becomes a part of your the way you you are so you you will carry your bottled water so that you know you don't have to buy bottled water so many people ask how come you're carrying so many things i have a steel straw in my bag i have a you know a steel plate i have yeah. a, a steel cup and steel water bottle and a cloth napkin doesn't it get very heavy isn't it a burden to carry i said i rather carry that burden than burden my planet with all the disposables uh-huh. that i'll be using when i go out so it it is as simple as that so i think it it, it should be fun trying yeah. to do that uh, it shouldn't look like a uh, something that is uh, daunting or overwhelming for you uh, right. i'm so busy and i have to do this it yeah. should be exact you should challenge yourself i think that makes a huge difference because yeah. what are you doing it for you're doing it for this planet which is giving you everything you don't have a planet b this yeah. is the only planet that you can live if you really nurture and care for your planet and want to live something better for the future for the planet i think all of us will take that action and become a part of our dna to be more conscious take an action practice it it's about practice we all call ourselves when people tell we are experts i said no we are practitioners we yeah. are not experts at all there are no experts in this world Sivani, as we sort of wrap up our conversation and move towards um, the questions from our Jagad community, um, I want to ask you a few questions on your journey. Uh, you have around almost 70K followers on Instagram. You're recently verified. You're a new influencer and kind of icon um, for our generation and, and many generations uh, to come. So I'm really curious to know what's been the most special moment for you so far? i get amazing people i i have been a homemaker never left my home mm-hmm. uh, to do any activity outside home except with family so for me uh, being thrown into this world i i i i saw uh, amazing kind of friendships that developed i i evolved uh, to be a better human being uh, uh, knowing people you know yeah. people who haven't met but i have interacted you know through facebook through instagram it's it's amazing uh, the kind of feedback that i give it motivates me it keeps me strong and whatever comes naturally to me i yeah. i put it up. so an amazing kind of response i get people just uh, are so sweet so i have discovered this about people you know what's your earliest memory of your first win maybe after a series of failures <laughs> i i that was a moment with the kid, girls in my building mm-hmm. uh, because they were the ones who pushed me to say you know let's try it again and uh, i think the third attempt uh, it, it was amazing black gold we were all smelling okay. it you know these are the four girls in my building uh, which uh, four five of them so when i got the first compost that's where i shared with them i said come look at this smell this you know touch feel and smell you know that's they awesome. also fell in love with composting <laughs> i am sure all of them do compost they are somewhere all over the world studying and you know maybe graduation post graduation right. but they are so connected because we did such us two years of awesome time trying to you know spread the word a uh, lot of things we did together so i think that's a special moment for these girls for me do you have a plan for where you want to take this or projects that you're working on are you much of a planner i'm taking a day as they come uh, i have absolutely i don't plan anything uh, so uh, of course our team uh, we are we are we having a lot of things that we want to do 
So I'm always there for them. So you let me know what's my role, what do you want me to do. So, so it's finally time to get into our questions from the community. We received over 50 questions from the Jagad community on Instagram and Facebook and through email. So let's try to get through as many of them as possible. So the first question is from Kushal. Can eggshells be used in composting? Eggshells is great uh, calcium. So you need to powder because eggshells take long time to compost. So if you can powder it uh, or nicely, you know, uh, uh, make it into a fine powder and then right. add to your compost, it will be great. Dry it and powder it. Got it. Great. So this one is from Plant Freak 11. What if I don't use dry waste while composting? then it'll be a stinking mess because uh, your wet waste that is your uh, kitchen waste the kitchen peels have so much water content when it starts to break down it will compact it will be wet and it will start stinking because it becomes anaerobic great next question is from harita595 how do you store grains and essentials in your pantry without plastic first question second question also from harita do you have any tips to avoid ants around the compost? First, ants around compost, uh, well, uh, uh, they, 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 they try to nest in the compost. So if you keep turning the compost around, uh, you break their uh, you know uh, cycle. Sometimes uh, if you have a worm bin, uh, probably you can put it on a stand in, in, in a moat water or something like that to, to keep the ants away. Of course, plastic, I have reduced the usage of plastic uh, for storing most of it. Cooked food, uh, especially cooked food in my refrigerator, my water, everything is not in plastic anymore. Okay. Uh, grains, of course, uh, some are, some of them are in steel, mm -hmm. uh, steel uh, boxes, some in glass and a uh, few I do keep in uh, plastic. At least I send, I, I'm a part of a CSA, so all the plastics that I don't want to use regularly, mm -hmm. uh, I kept it for transportation. So I send these plastic boxes for them to fill all my grains because yeah. I'm a uh, it's a community assisted uh, uh, agriculture so people who grow food for me uh, they send uh, uh, my weekly supply of vegetables fruits and and my grains uh, they come in the plastic then i put it back into into my my storage awesome next question is from maggie 2915 can we fill the compost bin to the top and the second question is can we use jaggery in our composting no, jaggery will attract ants. Jaggery is not necessary uh, because this is not a fermentation method. Yes, you can fill it up to uh, uh, the brim. Uh, in a week's time, it will reduce yeah. because your kitchen waste is, uh, uh, will start to reduce. But uh, yeah, you have to watch it. It shouldn't become compacted. Then it will start smelling and that's something that you don't want because yeah. that could put you off. Lots of questions on how to deal with bugs, fruit flies, ants. I know you mentioned, you know, moving and mixing the composting from time to time. Any other solution? The best is to make sure that it is, it's got a good lid and probably put a net, net and then put the lid so that nothing enters it. Mm -hmm. Fruit flies do come even when you have bananas in your, in your kitchen. Yeah. They, they will pack. So certain seasons like mango, during mango season, you get a lot of fruit flies that come around. Uh, so, your best is to avoid them. Uh, other than fruit flies, maggots are biggest problems people mm -hmm. have here. The black soldier fly, it's an amazing creature, it's harmless. They lay its, their eggs in a wet part of the uh, you know, compost uh, process. Okay. And, uh, that 
eggs will hatch to become maggots maggots are great for your compost because they are huge feeders mm-hmm. and they actually turn out your compost much faster okay. uh, but a lot of people freak out because these maggots come out they creepy crawly they move around yeah. but to me part of the ecosystem and i let right. them be and uh, yeah if they're crawling on my terrace the birds come and uh, feed on them so you are actually uh, you know continuing the chain how can we improve seed germination rates using jugaad technique first of all some seeds are not viable mm-hmm. check that you can take a little water and put the seeds into it those those that float are not good they won't germinate so you can remove them and uh, leave them soaked for some time so yep. that you know the germination happens faster so leave it for a few hour, a couple of hours and then you can uh, you know sow the seeds and they germinate faster Moving on to slightly more complicated questions, um, at least for me. Uh, how do we get to know that the bioenzyme is ready? What is the white layer that we see? Yeah, so the white layer is a good good sign because that's a sign of fermentation. Bioenzyme has a, a particular uh, proportion. It is that one is to three is to ten. If you take hundred grams of jaggery or, or any sugar or whatever, three hundred grams of citrus peels and one liter of water. That's ten parts of water. if this proportion is maintained and uh, uh, uh if you uh, leave it for 3 months it it it, it with the enzyme is ready but right. if you want to hasten the process you add a little bit of uh, uh this uh, what do you call that granules uh, yeast mm-hmm. yeast granules uh, just half a spoon of yeast granules then it happens in one month right. so it's the time the time is 3 months if you didn't put any yeast but it's in one month if you had add added yeast So a question on pest control. Um how do we manage pest control during the rains? Do we just let the rain wash it off or is is there something we should actively do? There are two kinds of uh, you know bugs that come to your plant. One will be a uh, an insect that eats your plant. It could mm-hmm. be eating your leaves or it could be in the stem or it could eat the fruit and another one which eats that insect. So there right. are two kinds. So when you try to kill the pest which is eating your plant, you're also killing the effective you know organisms you know there are insects which are helpful so best is to watch your garden and the first signs physically remove it mm-hmm. either you know you jet spray or take a brush and push it off yeah. that's the line of attack and uh, the second line is to maintain uh, a spray mm-hmm. uh, an organic spray you can make at home uh, you know even your bioenzyme could be a good diluted bioenzyme could be a good spray even the soap nut that you get the rita uh, yeah. even that that uh, soap uh, water with a little bit of neem oil uh, can be a good diluted spray only in the evenings not in the daytime uh, because it can burn the plant mm-hmm. uh, so yeah so uh, pest control can be done if you have a good uh, you know flowers like marigold around it right. you, you have to have uh, there are certain plants uh, will not get attacked by pests if you have a certain plant along with it mm-hmm. so you should know what are the combinations lot of you know, if you put Uh, beans. What is the companion plant? Mm-hmm. So you learn about the companion plants, and if you put them, like onions, can be put with uh, cauliflower. So you yeah. won't get the cauliflower pests. So right. there are, and it's all a learning curve. I have not, I didn't know all these at all. But yeah. over a period of time, you learn because you ask questions, or maybe your curiosity, you start, you know, searching for it. Today, in the tips of your fingers, you have all the information. So yeah. I think anything you can even make a rocket. So, <laughs> great. Um can we use coconut husk peels in our compost? Yes, you can. But it won't be enough because the kind of uh, grounds that you need maybe more than what you 
will be used i mean what you'll be getting that at that makes sense and the last question more of a fun one um on our community page we post a lot of you know jagad recipes and life hacks and quick meals that you can make in um a few minutes with household ingredients and a few limited number of steps so with that in mind our community is curious to know what is your favorite jagad meal or go-to meal i i have i make dosa batter and it's like uh Uh, it's in the fridge and i can make uh, dosas on a couple of days uttapams on the third day put little onions and you know mirchi okay. and little all that and make it an uttapam so i can use a dosa batter in many ways simani i'd like to end with asking you what does jagad as a philosophy or spirit or skill mean to you and how does it manifest itself in your life well uh, <laughs> i think it's uh, ingrained in a indian uh, Uh, to do the jugad because uh, uh, you have seen right from I, i have known my mother grandmother you know they will use whatever is used already to make another product out of it yeah. so if a bed got torn that will be cut into pieces and made into a cushion cover or you know uh, so a curtain that's gone uh, torn at one part would be stitched and reused or again it will be used as a half curtain you know yeah. they, they you know turn anything and everything into something so uh, and they they will uh, you know discards plastic discards i've seen people using to grow microgreens you know you can use all the uh, uh, discarded plastics from your what you have used and to do that so i think jugad is uh, a big thing in <laughs> our uh, homes <laughs> brings us to the end of episode 1. I personally learned so much about managing waste that I can apply to my life today. Thank you Mani for your excitement and passion and for the meaningful work you are doing and the people you're inspiring beyond borders. Join me for episode 2 as I continue to explore many dimensions of modern day jagad. Comment, like, hit follow, send us your suggestions on people or organizations we need to speak with. Join our jagad community on Instagram for more insights on all things jagad. We'll see you soon.